We here at Our Sports Are Virtual Major League Baseball. Our product provides an advanced and authentic experience in the hybrid category of fantasy and virtual sports. By owning and operating an Our Sports franchise, you compete for championships and money in leagues that mirror the MLB in every way. For sports fans who have dreamed of owning a sports franchise and handing out business cards that say Team Owner, Our Sports is making that dream a reality. Find them on Twitter at Our Sports Baseball and on Facebook as Our Sports Baseball. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. can't find it anywhere all of a sudden it was just it was a little espn blip and now it's like i was trying to find it to send it to you and suddenly i can't damn find it anywhere i think you said it it was the um uh, maybe it was the guardian or something um let me see the guardian. let's try the guardian i'll just I'll click on lester on espn and see if we can Sport. Uh, oh, oh, here it is. Transfer fail leads to Mara's boycott. Wow. Uh, this, I mean, this just came out like 30 minutes ago. And you said it's on ESPN uh, FC? Yeah, I'm sending you the link right now on your okay, phone. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, let me, let's read this real quick before we go through. Mara threatens to never play for Leicester again. <laughs> So distraught at being denied his green movie, he's ready to refuse to play for Leicester. He reports to the Mirror. Okay, it was the Mirror. Algeria National Wear handed a transfer request. City tabled several bids, the highs of which reached 60 million pounds. Fox and Jelly Auburn assistant continues. 142 million moved to Barcelona. Change the value of their star winger. City would need to bid 95 million pounds. Wasn't it actually, wasn't it 95 million and a player? Uh. Well, here we go. A proposal featuring a 65 million pound offer and a player in exchange was flowed by Leicester City, not that bank. Walked away from a deal for the second time on the window. There'll be financial demands of both a player and Alexis Sanchez, and now the selling club in Leicester. Wow. So, uh, if we want to throw that into the uh, news. (laughs) Sure. That can. Yes. We We can put that in there. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean that's just part. I was like, oh, what's, oh, what the fuck? I'm like, that's that's grand. That's great. <laughs> Sometimes we fought at the right times. Sometimes. Oh my god, it, it didn't wait for the story that wouldn't wait for Thursday morning. It's true. It had to come out Wednesday night. Thank you, thank you, football uh, transfer gods. Oh, somebody's looking out for the Foreign Affair podcast, and I am very happy for whoever those gods are. Welcome everyone to the pod. I am at Edward Green. I'm also just Edward Green in real life. I joined as always live, plausibly, by my colleague in crime, Wes Bradshaw for episode 195. Wes, you back, mate. I am, and in real life, you can call me Nighthawk. Ooh, I like that. I like very stealthy. Yeah. Very stealthy yeah. on us, as some of these transfers were. Some 
maybe not so much. We'll be doing a lot of transfer talk today. Uh, we also have a Premier League midweek to review because that's always a good idea for these teams. Um, we have oh, a, very, very good for us. Yes, takes the sting off that FA Cup weekend. Um, what the FA Cup? We'll also, as as I may have said last week, we will maybe we'll see how much time we have. Uh, maybe very quickly get Wes's thoughts on the UEFA Nations League draw that happened last week that I discussed. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what the hell that is. I've seen that. Fantastic. Uh, maybe we'll look at it later. <laughs> uh, as I said, we'll, we'll also take a look at the news and notes uh, and then finish up with Watch 4 and a big, big So Rock coming down the pipe for you guys this week. It was a big weekend for wrestling oh. fans. Um, as always, we are presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop, as well as our sports baseball. Fantasy baseball just got real, much more real than wrestling. Don't just play fantasy sports. Own a team and gain equity. And, Wes, before we do go, speaking of wrestling, I was actually reading an article today on uh, Vox.com because, uh, uh, as we know, the, uh, the State of the Union was last night, and I was, I was oh. reading some articles about it this morning because, uh, you know, I have better things to do than watch it. Um, and, and, and there's one I love, person... love the tweets. Watch another one. Love the tweets. Yeah. Can we follow social media? That's what we do for everything now. Um, but the story I read uh, started with, and this was an article about the media and how it handles the president, and it starts with, so there's a term in wrestling called kayfabe. Now, what it is 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 this thing Kayfabe is dead by God <laughs> where where people pretend to be, even on non-official channels, The Rock doesn't actually hate Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he'll tweet like he does and he'll act in the ring like he does so as not to break kayfabe. And I was like, yep. They went went really far back on that one, didn't they? Yeah, they did. (laughs) Fun times. So, So, folks, I'm going to spoil it for you. Sergeant Slaughter wasn't really an Iraqi turncoat. What? What right. he's really he's really a real life GI Joe. How dare you take that from me? Um, so let's get to the actual matches, um, and we are going to start back in the Premier League on Tuesday. So, and so yeah, this is this is where we do our kayfabe because we pretend like we know what about. That's true. That's very true. What? The entire like hour forty five of this is just kayfabe. <sighs> um, so first uh, matches we're not going to talk about. Um, we might talk about a few more this week than we normally do. We'll, we'll see. Um, West Ham won. Palace won. Benteke finally scored a goal for Palace. He got him up in the 24th minute, but Mark Noble hit back with a penalty just before halftime to level the hammers up. And that's where it finished at 1-1. Uh, Swansea destroys Arsenal 3-1. Um, Nacho, Nacho Monreal. With a goal in the 33rd minute for Arsenal, got them off to a 1-0 lead, but was hit back immediately by Sam Klukas just a minute later. And then in the second half, Jordan Ayew, excited upon hearing that he's his brother's coming back um, from West Ham, uh, he hit, uh, got a goal in the 61st minute, and then Sam Klukas put Arsenal out of their misery with his brace, wrapping it up in the 86th minute. A 3-1 victory for the Swans. And Wes, you know... Last week, I believe, or two weeks ago, or last week, uh, we were you were in an Anfield corner discussing how terrible it was that you know Liverpool dropped points on the road to Swansea. And as I I said on Facebook, and I even said it, you know, after Tottenham had their one-one draw against bottom table Southampton, 
the Premier League has made it incredibly tough to get points on the road. It's very, very hard. And as much as we love to laugh at Arsenal, and believe me, we did laugh at Arsenal a lot for this. Um, th- th- I mean, this is this is the reality of the Premier League. Teams are going to go to the Swansea's, to the West Broms, to the Southamptons, uh, to any other bottom club, and they're going to drop points the rest of the year. Yeah, um, it's it's tough. It's yeah. tough out there. That's the thing. Everybody has some money now. Everybody can go out and invest in players. Obviously, some more than others. Mm-hmm. We're looking at you, Josie Mourinho. <laughs> you with your no money self. Um, some more than others. But the thing is, it's no longer the Premier League where four teams have everything Four teams have a few guys, and then you've got 12 who just, they, they've got nothing. Mm-hmm. Everybody has international players now. Mm-hmm. I mean, t- guys that play for national teams, everybody has them. Uh, you know, that used to be the big prestige. Oh, wow, you know, we've got three England players, and we've got, oh, we've got a, a two Welsh internationals. Well, now, Jesus, everybody's got national players from everywhere. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got guys. Um, also, strategic. <laughs> A word the great George W. Bush mm. made famous, strategery wise. Love it. Um, these managers of these lower in the league teams, they understand how important it is that they've whatever they do, they've got to stay up. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's no there's no alternative. You go down, you're getting fired. Maybe other than Rafa Benitez, but that was a special mm. situation. Uh, you go down, you get fired. Your clubs have the chance to go into complete disarray. Sunderland, how are you Mm -hmm. guys doing? Um, And there's so much pressure that it stops becoming, well, hey, you know, we played a good game of football today, and hey, the other guy is better than us. and You know, we lost, but hey, it's all right. We'll we'll try hard next time. No, now it's – there's a demand to get results. Somehow you got to find a way to get results. A lot of the times it does degrade into parking the bus. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is now, instead of other, other than Man United, when they part the bus, teams have talent that they can spring a counterattack yes, on you. Absolutely. Once again, other than Man United, <laughs> um, who just part the bus and just sit there yeah. and apparently Huddersfield, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you get a team like Swansea, if Swansea can hold you to no goals, Liverpool or one goal Arsenal, and you start making mistakes in midfield, midfield, especially, and then at the back. Oh, that Peter there's, Cech error. Oh, God. Ooh. They're still good enough to, you know, teams, they still have good enough players where they can have a moment or two, a great moment or two during the match, and they can put a ball in the back of the net. And you've seen it from Swansea the last week against Liverpool, the header again from Alfie Mawson. Mm-hmm. And then they just had a day where Fabianski stood on his head and Liverpool were just, oh, they, it, it was bad. Liverpool were just bad on the day. And uh, Swansea were able to get that victory. And against Arsenal, they got a few opportunities and they took advantage of them. Arsenal, extremely wasteful in possession. Yeah. And also, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little more at length later about this the new look Arsenal attack, uh, or as we call it, LMAO. <laughs> Good job, Arson. Um, but in midfield and defense right now for Arsenal, they already shambles. Yeah. I mean, they're bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's what happened to them. They got beaten in the midfield. 
and they got caught out at the back. And if the goals aren't flowing in, there's only so much your attack can do. Once again, I'm a Liverpool fan. I know all about this. Uh, when you're getting beat in the other phases of the game, it's it's bad news for you. And it was bad news for Arsenal. It was bad news for Liverpool a week ago. But, you know, here's Swansea. They've won two straight matches. They won two on the trot against two of the top teams in the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're still in the relegation zone. Yeah. And that just shows you – now, it's very close down there, but it does just show you that there's quality down there. I mean, look at West Ham who are suddenly – or West Ham, West Brom who are suddenly playing better. They're in the relegation zone. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard to get movement because at the bottom, these teams are so evenly matched. They play differently, but they're still matched up evenly. Mm-hmm. And then the top teams, if you catch them on an off day, these bottom teams still have good enough players that they can – they can spring the big upset, except against City, of course. Of course. Um, and and to your point, um, how you're saying that teams can play very – they can turtle, basically, in defense, and then mm-hmm. they can spring a counterattack, and they're good enough to. You look at some of these numbers, Arsenal on the day, 71% possession. Swansea outshot them. That yeah. shouldn't – happen Swansea had 12 shots to Arsenal's mm-hmm. nine each team had the same amount of shots on goal mm-hmm. if a team has almost three quarters of the possession they shouldn't be outshot that that absolutely cannot happen and that that I think speaks to what I guess they hope they are getting with Pierre-Emerick Abiyang and 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 now with their as you said their revamped offense I'm we can talk about this later I'm not terribly convinced. I'm, I, I don't want to say much because I don't want to be made to eat my words. But we can talk <laughs> about this later. I'm not totally sold on Arsenal's new look offense anyway. But they do go down. Um, as we as we round off Tuesday, let's go ahead and head to Anfield Corner where they went on the road to a bottom half club and came away with a victory. Uh, three Ooh. goals. One from a reinvigorated Emery Chan, uh, as well as a goal from Roberto Firmina, and a penalty, his first on the season, from Mo Salah. Uh, that's right, haters. Harry Kane and Mo Salah are at the top of the table in goals. Two penalties between them. Two. Just remember that. Two penalties in third place. Salah oh, missed the other one he took this year. So. Yeah, and in third place, Sergio Aguero. 16 goals, four of them from the spot. Just remember that, guys. Just remember. Get some. Exactly. Um, but obviously, Wes, a much better uh, game for Liverpool than what they showed on the weekend. We can get a little bit into that later. Um, but also an improvement from the Swansea match. Um, we don't have to talk about how much they miss Roberto Philip Coutinho. Don't have to talk about that. Um, but obviously, this is this was a much better effort in another game, like the Swansea game, that, that could have been trouble for Liverpool, but easily dispatching Huddersfield in this one. Uh, you made a comment earlier talking about Arsenal having uh, Swansea. Liverpool were the exact same way, 70-plus percent possession against Swansea. The difference against Swansea was uh, against finish. Yeah, They were very wasteful, had some good opportunities. They didn't finish. Um, you didn't see that invigorating kind of pop from Liverpool that you that we've come to be used to. But once again, I just felt it was a match that gave away against Liverpool looked really, they looked uh, like Klopp had gotten something through to them since the FA Cup match. 
Um, they need to come out, play with passion, play with desire. They did it. Um, and they just they took advantage this time. Once again, a big time, big time. I believe it was almost 78% possession in this match for Liverpool. But you know, yeah, but you know, in the past, we've seen that that usually isn't good. Yeah. I mean, we've seen God, those what was it, the Burnley match last year where Liverpool had like 81% of possession yeah. and got beat. Yeah, they got beat two like nil. two nil. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't score. Well, and then of course we saw it against Swansea, we saw it against West Brom in the um in the league match uh, a few weeks ago when it was nil-nil. But this time Liverpool do that, but they are they are able to some they're able to find some good shots, they get some good goals. Um, it started off with Emery Chan from the long range effort. Uh, you know, he's playing for that contract this summer. Uh, you know, we'll get into that as the season goes on, but just real quick, I think we're seeing the stream being played out for Emery Chan here, but yeah. You know, hey, hey, you know what? The way, the way um, you know, kind of like baseball players, if they're in a contract year, you seem to get the best out of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey buddy, you want to play with that big contract? Score some goals. There you go. Break up play, make some play, make plays. Hey, look, if Emery Chan is a big part of us getting into the top four and and then he leaves in the summer, I mean I'm not gonna be happy with him. he played well. Yeah. You know, he didn't he didn't he didn't do what Mares did and or, or maybe doing and just stop playing. So yeah. um but he got that. Firmino scored a goal that defied the laws of physics almost <laughs> i mean that was the tightest day I mean, he was literally he literally had the ball on the out of bounds line and somehow got it in on the near post <laughs> it was it was insane the the goal just before the stroke of halftime that gave liverpool a ton of momentum going forward and then finally on the penalty uh sala steps up takes the penalty and and just puts the game away that said Huddersfield never showed any impetus to try to come out and play with Liverpool at all. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, parking the bus and getting a lead and parking it. We're saying when they were down two goals to none, they were not coming after Liverpool. They were playing 11 guys behind. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was truly about as, once, once Liverpool got on the board, it became an extremely comfortable three nil win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's what Liverpool needed. <laughs> truly. Yeah. Uh, we saw the return of Jordan Henderson, the much derided Jordan Henderson, who may have been man of the match yesterday, played an outstanding match. Uh, was outstanding off the bench against West Brom over the weekend. Oh, my God. Every time you're just – literally, this is how it works with Liverpool. When you're ready to throw dirt on the grave, suddenly they're man of the match. And then when I'm ready to call them potentially world-class, they go to absolute shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what it is. You know, when I wanted to talk about Emory Chan after the man game, oh my god! You know, we've got to we got to resign this guy. He's world class. He's showing it right now. Then he goes out and has an absolute stinker against Swansea. <laughs> so uh, I think I just need to keep uh, downgrading all Liverpool's midfielders for the rest of the season. See what happens. Um, but it was a clean sheet, which was big. Once mm-hmm. again, Huddersfield didn't exactly offer much going forward, but a clean sheet. Van Dyke did not play. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the bench. Klopp said it was a physical issue, so you know I, I don't think they. I don't think Klopp's lost uh, any faith in Van Dyke yeah. at this point. Just didn't want to go out and risk him in a match that, once again, Liverpool knew they were going to have the entire match. Sure. So it was a match where you could go to a back of Lovren, 
and match it because those guys are going to play around the center of the park the entire match. So mm-hmm. uh, that's exactly what happened anyway. Liverpool back with the win, the three 0 win. The the goals help because that helps your goal differential. And uh, as we'll get into with some of today's results, uh, Liverpool climbing the table this week. Absolutely, and just real quick to your point, uh, and in, in, again in contrast to that Arsenal match, Liverpool again three quarters of the possession. This game, though, Liverpool 14 shots, 7 on goal. Huddersfield mustered only 5 shots, only 1 on goal. So mm-hmm. that, And that's, that's the difference. Swansea, when they turtled and they did get possession, they took advantage and they pushed forward hard. Mm-hmm. Huddersfield, not so much. Not so much. And it came, it came right into that midfield as mm-hmm. Milner, Chan, they were breaking things up. Uh, you know, they weren't letting guys get behind there was one goal in that Arsenal match that they picked out Granite Shaka. Mm-hmm. I believe it was the first one. And it, watching where he went and what he did, it was idea what on God's green going on the field. Yeah. And that led directly to that first goal. And it's just Arsenal are somewhat a little shambolic. Now, uh, you know, Liverpool are you just like, all right, what's going to show up with Arsenal? Say Arsenal Fan TV is a very, very popular show to watch these days. Mm, so much fun. Uh, as for the Wednesday uh, editions of the Premier League, uh, Everton uh, beats Leicester, the team Rand Mares will never play for again. <laughs> Two to one at Goodison. We're Theo's team now. New entrant Theo Walcott comes on and hits a brace, making it 2 0 inside 40 <laughs> minutes. Uh, Jamie Vardy had his little party at the penalty spot and scored in the 71st, uh, but that was all Lester could muster uh, as they are sending out basically everyone. Uh, I know they sent out Leandro Ulzoa. I believe he went to West Brom. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they also sent out Islam Slimani. Um, they sent out Ahmed Musa to, mm-hmm. I think, somewhere in Russia. I think Moscow. Um, so very, very interesting times over at Leicester. Uh, Newcastle and Burnley drew 1-1 at St. James. Uh, good for them. Also Southampton. And basically, real quick, just those three. Sure. Burnley. Uh, Everton and Leicester, mm-hmm. that's pretty much your battle for seventh. <laughs> yeah. You know, there they're, are they're six teams, if you want to keep Arsenal up in that group, which we will. Sure. There are six teams at the top. There are three in the middle, and then everybody else is fighting relegation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so when you see a Leicester versus uh, Everton or a Leicester versus Burnley or Burnley Everton. Those are those are going to be big, important matches here in the second half of the year, uh, just because there may be a in spot out there for one of those teams. Very true, and uh, again, which you know, which you know, Everton doesn't want. So. Yeah, they never do. Uh, Burnley, a big road point in Newcastle. Uh, Southampton drew Brighton and Hove one one. Uh, Glenn Murray from the spot for Brighton and Hove. As for Southampton, it was Jack Stevens who got them level just after the hour mark. Uh, Man City beat West Brom 3-0. Sure, that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, and Stoke okay. drew Watford 0-0. Now for the other matches, the other two matches on the day. Um, first, Chelsea 0. Bournemouth 3. Up, up, up the cherries. Callum Wilson, Jonas Stanislas, and former Chelsea, then Bournemouth, then back to Chelsea, then back to Bournemouth, man. Nathan Aki 
with the 67th minute clincher. All these goals coming in the span of about 16 minutes in the second half, sending Stamford Bridge into a stunned silence. And and West, with what we've been hearing, you know, they 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 bring in. I mean, we'll get to this obviously in the the news oh. and notes, but they bring in Olivier Giroud. They send out Michy Batshuayi. They don't. Alvaro Morata's kind of hurt, and he just hasn't been really doing a whole lot. Is there a chance? And and you can also talk about a match a little bit if you want to. But looking more macro, is there a chance if Chelsea gets knocked out, maybe in like the round of sixteen of the Champions League? that Antonio Conte doesn't finish this season as the head man at Chelsea. The only way I can see that happening is if suddenly they they go into a little tailspin mm-hmm. and Liverpool and Tottenham start to walk away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they fall to fifth and suddenly they're six, seven points behind Liverpool, they're five, six points behind Tottenham, and if that happens, you've got to assume that places because I mean they are. I think we may have actually brought this one up sometime in the past, just a throwaway line. The the old uh, Bobby Knight book, season on the brink. Yeah, that is kind of where we are right now with Chelsea. Now, of course, Bobby Knight was established you know, God at Indiana basketball and went on to continue being a God at Indiana basketball for many years to come. But it was just a season where they had just won a championship recently. I believe it was two years after they had won a national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bobby Knight was this big celebrity. He was this huge personality. And he he just got this this feeling where, you know, I can't be touched. I'm the man. Uh, the pressure was just amping up on him big time. And I almost think that's what's happening today. Now, obviously, it's a different beast, college basketball, compared mm-hmm. to, you know, football here. Um, but Conte is, whew, I mean, he's showing all these signs that he's kind of losing it a little bit. Yeah. You know, the, the war of words with Mourinho, you know his his inability to tr- to trust players that he brought in. Well, and then the fact that they went through virtually every striker in the Premier League during the transfer window. Exactly. Yeah. And and the word I've heard from that is that it was never really that he wanted any of those guys. It was more him just being like, "Hey, you know what? I've told you I need a striker." You want to go get me a big-time striker? Well, let's get Andy Carroll. Let's get Peter Crouch. Let's get this guy. Let's get that. And just give me somebody. I don't give a damn who you give me. Just mm-hmm. get me somebody. And it was almost like his way of, you know, just saying, well, you know what? You won't get me what I want. I'm, I'm just – I'm going to be – it's like being a petulant child. Yeah. And then, once again, we'll talk about it a little more later, but to end up – don't get me wrong, I mean, Olivier Giroud's had a good career at Arsenal. But you would almost think that you wanted someone who could complement Alvaro Morales. Yeah. Now you just have two big strikers who can score with their hands. Yeah. And that's pretty much what you've got. I, and now you sent out Batshuayi. I mean, there's no... Now there's no... Um, 
there's not a lot of pace when you're trying to score goals yeah, outside there's of Asshole. Definitely, really. yeah, there's definitely no pace up front, but there's God, I cannot suddenly think of what I want to say. There's no variety. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. There's no variety up there. Um, and I mean, for what he is, Giroud's a nice player on the bench, and he can do some nice But Giroud hasn't been healthy all year. Murata um, obviously has had Giroux also I don't think he started but maybe one match this year this isn't a guy who's playing 90 minutes mm-hmm. I mean he's about at this point this season he's about a 30 minute player well and if it um, helps I was actually just flipping through stats uh, while I was on my phone today and you know I was I was looking at some of the Premier League leaders and I'm going to pull it up real quick because I want to make sure I get this stat right because it was actually kind of amazing um, the two people who are the best in goals per minute in the Premier League are Harry Kane and mm-hmm. Olivier Giroud. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can find this, oh, minutes per goal, minutes per goal. Um, so actually now, no, Olivier Giroud is still number one. Harry Kane dropped a little bit today because he didn't, Absolutely. he didn't score. He's now uh-huh. third tied with most a lot, 97 minutes. Harry Kane, 97 minutes per goal, 21 goals in the Premier League this season. Olivier Giroud, 93 minutes per goal, but he only has four goals. Exactly. That, because he doesn't play. For whatever reason, we still can't. Uh, no one has really figured out. Yeah. And now he's got a Bami Yang, and that's going to be a lot. Yeah. I, I want to see him let a Bami Yang sit for a month because uh, he has to just immunity. Yeah. That's going to go over well. Uh, and also, I'm going to laugh when they sell eggs at our locals that this summer, too. But, anyway. um, but for Chelsea, it's just, it's like this giant funk that the only person who's kind of keeping out of it is Eden Hazard and, of course, Angola Conte. Yeah. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea just has this situation that could, could explode. Let's put it this way. Okay, where they are right now, they're sitting fourth based on goal differential. Chelsea could easily end up in the top four. Mm-hmm. Chelsea could end up fifth looking way up at top four. I mean, it could go either way. I don't think Arsenal's catching them. But it could so go either way at the mm-hmm. point. Just because we don't know what's going to happen. That's thing they have for this. You know, just somehow quietly try to right the ship, win a win, um, somehow win their Champions League draw against Barcelona. Against Barcelona, but I mean, this is this is a tough, a tough point of the season for Chelsea. And yeah, they got Giroud, they got uh, Paul Harry from Roma. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they really strengthened during this window. Yeah. I mean, they spent a little bit of money. But also, I don't think they got their top choices. Well, we know they didn't get their top choices. Yeah. So, you know, now they're in, they're in the situation. You know, I'll bring up Klopp real quick. You know, people are screaming that Klopp didn't go out and, quote, replace Coutinho. Which you're not going to get anybody to replace yeah. Coutinho in January. With who? Idiots. With who? Um, yeah. Name names. And they, know, and they know you've got all this money and just want to spend the, you know, charge the hell out of you. Um, so, you know, Klopp has this kind of long standing thing, which 
well, there is no plan B. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have the players that I want, and I'm going to go all out to get them. And if I don't get them, well, we'll just wait and work on them next window. Mm-hmm. And that drives some people crazy. I've shook my head a few times with it. But at this point for Liverpool, it has worked out. Now let's see out and they end up in the top four. Yeah. Because if they don't, that's a huge gamble, potentially not bringing anybody else in. But with Conte, it seems like he was so held. It's almost like damn money. He was going to spend some of Roman Abramovich's money coming. Mm-hmm. And when he didn't get his number one choices, I mean, kind of like we were joking with the strikers, he just started going down the damn line, <laughs> the damn line until somebody said, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul Mary might come out and be a good one. But, you know, the thing with Conte is not all of these Conte buys have really hit. No. I mean, uh, Zappacosta hasn't exactly set the world. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's why. And you can argue really Conte buys. Mm-hmm. But. Marauder's been very. Eh. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, Marauder. Well, we we need to get a big striker this summer because we're going to lose Diego Costa, so we have to get a big striker. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Murata was kind of like the third guy that they want. Yeah. And it was almost like, you know, the other two, which, of course, uh, Lukaku, and he went to United. Um, seems like there was somebody else in there. Oh, who was the other big striker? Was it Lacazette, maybe? I don't know if they were in hard on Lacazette. I can't remember. It was, I think it was somebody who decided to say mm-hmm. But, you know, and then it was like Marana's. Yeah, yeah, Marana's out there. And, and he's been, yeah, we'll spend money on Marana. And I mean, you know, nobody panned him for getting Marana because, you know, Marana's a But it, it wasn't the guy that they wanted. Right. And, and that's kind of where Chelsea is right now. They're a squad that they're getting a little older. And they're they're spending good money on players, but I just don't think they're quite getting in the players that they want and truly need at this point. Well, well uh, yeah. So that's kind of my that's kind of my issue with Chelsea, and that's why I think Liverpool and Tottenham can really walk away from Chelsea because you know obviously Tottenham just strengthened on the last day mm-hmm. here of the window. Liverpool, yeah, they lost Coutinho, but they got Van Dyke, which a lot of people think is going to help more than mm-hmm. losing Coutinho. Right. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp likes his team. Mauricio Pochettino likes his team. Can't say the same about Antonio Conte. Yeah. I don't know what the hell Arsene Wenger thinks about. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting. Chelsea, Chelsea's going to be a fascinating watch through the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, not that they're going to go out and entertain the hell out of you, but it's just going to be fascinating to see if that if they can steady that ship or if it's going to burn to the ground. And we have been here quite a few times this season with Chelsea. We've been at various yeah. tipping points, and they yeah. always seem to kind of pull it back. It's yeah, we're, we're getting how how many times can you almost set the ship on fire before it finally <laughs> burns into the sea? We'll, well, we'll and, see. Well, and and now they find themselves. Two points up on Tottenham, tied with Liverpool. Uh, and here's the thing. Now they're tied with Liverpool with no no matches in hand. Yeah. 
they don't have any matches in hand. Nobody has matches. So right now you're you're where you are and you're even though mm-hmm. they're two points ahead of Tottenham. They're tied with Liverpool. I think Liverpool and Tottenham look a whole hell of a lot better than Chelsea. Um and let's see what happens. Of course, Liverpool Tottenham, something's gonna happen this weekend. Yeah, that's that later. Um but I think this weekend's gonna be huge for Chelsea because they back and get points and they need to do it in a very basic, boring ass way. Mm-hmm. Where, where their fans are kind of put to sleep early because they back. Yeah, and, and one last thing for Chelsea. Uh, this is a turning point in their season because now they don't have a League Cup anymore. They got knocked out of that. They are yep. probably going to get knocked out of the Champions League in the Good round chance. of 16. You, as good as Barcelona's looked this year, you have to like their odds to, to advance mm-hmm. instead of Chelsea. So it's mm-hmm. basically FA Cup. You're not winning the league. So it's the FA Cup in top four. Congratulations. You're now Arsenal. As we move on to our final match of the day. No, Ed, you're the you're your older brother's Arsenal. That's true. <laughs> um, our last match, um, Tottenham 2, Manchester United nil. Oh, my God. Christian Eriksen just scored. Oh, my goodness. 11 seconds into the match, Christian Eriksen is fed by Deli Ali on a back heel and just puts one past David De Gea. And, and just Wembley erupts. Uh, Tottenham weathers an early United storm on the on country to come back. And then good old Phil Jones, Tottenham. <laughs> best that's, that's an appropriate reaction. Um, he, he turns in a Kieran Trippier cross at his own near post to make it 2-0 Tottenham. And from that point on, Tottenham had some chances to make it an even bigger margin. Oh, yeah. But uh, just uh, David De Gea kind of standing on his head after after being surprised a couple times in the beginning of the match. But Tottenham now have won, I believe, six straight at home against Manchester United. Uh, Josie can't be thrilled about that. Alexis having flashbacks to last year's North London Derby at Tottenham. Uh, just nothing going right right now for United. And as you say, West Tottenham pulling closer back up into that top four race with this big win. And with Chelsea, obviously, United losing. They get Lucas Mora today. They introduced him to the crowd. Um, and it's it's one of those things where we keep saying it. It keeps looking like it's going to be Tottenham until we start talking about Chelsea for 20 minutes. <laughs> but we keep saying one of these five teams is including City in this, not that it's going to be City, is going to be very, very disappointed at the end of the season that they're not going to be in the Champions League next year. And that's and that's super unfortunate. And hopefully Tottenham now can keep pushing forward. Not a great FA Cup, but this is, this is easily the toughest stretch of their season. Mm-hmm. United, Liverpool, Arsenal, and the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's their next stretch. Um, I think you're. Lo- I think what you were looking at, kind of unbeaten streak at home against United, but they've won the last three straight. Yes, yes sorry, United that's what home, I meant. Yes, which is the longest winning streak at home against United for Tottenham since the mid 1960s. Yeah, so that shows you right now where this club yeah. is. In the- of course, um, you know, for Tottenham, Erickson, I think, just shocked. Uh, De Gea, that suddenly that ball was just there. Yeah. There was Erickson, you know, and it was it was poor defending by United at the start of the game, um, and Erickson was completely switched on. 
got the fantastic goal. He still had work to do when he balled out. Job again. And then Phil Jones, man, maybe they should play him up front. <laughs> great, you know, great boot. Yeah. Great, Lukaku great left foot. Great. Lukaku can't score against the big team. That's true. So, uh, you know, hey, why not let uh, Oh, man. I mean, hey, he beat Devin to Hey, maybe the best keeper. Um, you know, Tottenham, they get the job done. And once again, Tottenham have that look where, okay, now it's time to run. We can we can put top four. Or we can we can submit ourselves in the top four. Let's go on a run. The problem with Tottenham is we've seen these false dawns, mm-hmm. where they'll get a big win, and then they'll get a loss and two draws mm-hmm. in their next in their next three. Um, and of course, they're going from power to power. They're playing top team to top team and completely different way of playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got United who are KG, want to sit back, hit you on the counter. And then this week, uh, coming up, you're playing Liverpool on the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know, we all know about Liverpool. Yes. Point. Um, so for Tottenham, it is a, uh, their psyche, they do it without Harry Kane scoring, mm-hmm. which is, hey, you know, that's, that's while, while Kane is chasing that 100th Premier League goal, and it would be great to see. Um, you know, I know it, it's all, it, sometimes it's a boost to win when the best player doesn't score for sure, you. Absolutely. Because yeah, you certainly don't feel like you're dependent on him. Um, from the weekend, the FA Cup match, they really dependent on him. Mm-hmm. And he got that goal, but then just couldn't get the second one. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they've got themselves in a tough spot having to get the replay now yeah. in the FA Cup. You know, at this point with, Champions League, trying to get in the top four. It's one of those you hate having to. Um, as I was watching the Liverpool match the other day, <laughs> you know, when we cut it to 3 2, my, my thought at that point was 4 2 and win. Mm-hmm. I was not, I was almost hoping once it got late enough, I was like, all right, guys, don't fuck this up and get us a replay. Yeah, <laughs> we don't yeah. need a replay of this. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's a defeatist attitude. And, of course, I wanted to see us win the cup, but you know, at the same time, there are there are truly bigger fish to fry than the FA. Mm-hmm. That's a little sad, but that's the current state of everything. So, um, you know, for Tottenham having to get that replay, it's not a great thing. But I mean, they should go and win that replay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, big one coming up this weekend for. We'll kind of see for both teams. Are they back on track, or was was the weekend was the midweek kind of a one off? And mm-hmm. there are obviously still issues with both of these squads. Uh, it, it's going to be a big one for both of them. I mean, very very big for both of them for the for those top four hopes. Yeah, and as we uh, as we close our talk, that is a perfect segue into the uh, schedule for this coming weekend. Should be noted, Marwan Fellaini. Came on in the 63rd minute of the match against Tottenham. <laughs> left in the 70th. No real reason was um, given. I, I did see that actually. They... Hey, I'm, hey. I'm sorry, what did you say? Oh, I said um, it came out that he had picked up. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, so um, I, I, 
I almost want to say it was a hamstring or his knee. Gotcha. Okay. But he has had problems this season. Sure. So that's where it stems from. So uh, it's not quite as funny as we were hoping. Damn it. But oh. that is it. So, And, you know, Fellaini's still can play a big role for United, especially off the bench. So Certainly. He's one of those big guys who can go up and get a header. Um, yeah. Again, as we look to the weekend, yeah. uh, 7.30 a.m. Burnley hosts the champions in waiting Manchester City at Turf Moor. <laughs> at 10 a.m., Leicester versus Swansea. That's a big match all of a sudden. Uh, 10 a.m. also Manchester United versus Huddersfield. West Brom versus Southampton. Brighton and Hove versus West Ham. And Bournemouth versus Stoke. Then at 12.30, North London versus Merseyside Part 1. It's Arsenal hosting Everton. And then on Sunday... Uh, you have Crystal Palace versus Newcastle at 9.15. And then 11.30 a.m., the a Foreign Affair podcast Derby, <sighs> Liverpool versus Tottenham at Anfield. And I'm not even sure when the last time Tottenham would have done a double on Liverpool was. I don't think they will, but... Certainly not in the uh, angry... No. No. You, and... you, you had to wait a long time just... Yes. Been a while, and also... Uh, Tottenham winning at Anfield is something that does not happen very often. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Ed. Yes. London Bridge, Sunday morning. Sounds fantastic. Hey, Ed, maybe later we can watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> 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 oh, you say funny things <laughs> out of your mouth. That's funny. Ed, Ed I'm a comedian. Oh, I'm working on my stand-up routine. <laughs> oh, get that tight five. Tight five going. Ooh. Oh, speaking of tight fives. And funnies, uh, Watford is hosting Chelsea at 3 p.m. on Monday. That should be Ooh. interesting to see who's still. I, I would say that if if well, let's say let's say either um, if Tottenham win, they jump Arsenal, or they will jump. Mm-hmm. If Liverpool win, obviously they'll push away from. Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, well, really, either way that match ends, Chelsea are gonna be. Behind one or the other going into Monday night, mm-hmm. there's gonna be a little bit of pressure on Chelsea. They need to go get a. Yeah. I mean, even if it's a draw, Liverpool are gonna be. A... Yeah. So, um, and then if it's that, also a draw, Tottenham are sitting a point behind you. Mm-hmm. So they really need to bounce back and you know just think if if one or the other beat them, they're gonna be looking up at. A... So, uh, Chelsea, it's getting important for Chelsea. Here. Absolutely, as we take a look at the table. Uh, City is still up 15 points, uh, thanks to United falling uh, to Tottenham. Uh, United are three up on Liverpool and Chelsea in second place. Uh, Tottenham, as you said, West, just two points back of Chelsea for fourth. Arsenal, six points uh, behind Tottenham, right down there at sixth. And then it's all those other clubs. And then at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. I would say who's in 17th, but there's like four teams tied at 24 points. So, and Stoke and Huddersfield both have the same goal differential. So, there you go. I mean, basically 13 down. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, And and you did mention uh, Southampton and West. Yeah. And that's a a big one because they're both – when a win could help drive one of them out of the relegation zone. 
certainly Southampton currently in 18th, level on points with Swansea in 19th, and then West Brom three points back of Southampton, four points clear of safety. Southampton, Swansea, both one point adrift of that 17th spot. So now as we go to the FA Cup, hey, that happened. Um, your, your advancing teams, Sheffield Wednesday, <laughs> Manchester United, Leicester, Huddersfield, uh, wait, what? No, that's going to be a replay. Huddersfield and Birmingham are going to do a replay, uh, as are, uh, Tottenham and Newport. They're also going to do a replay, uh, non-replays, uh, also not counting Swansea, Swans. They're going to do a replay. Uh, Coventry beat MK Dons, uh, Millwell and Rockdale are going to do a replay, Southampton beat Watford. Brighton and Hove beat Middlesbrough. Uh, Wigan beat West Ham. Hey, remember Wigan? It's their it's their cup. It's and this. Ed and Ed. I know you'll get to it, but they will be facing City. Yeah. The last two times they faced City in, in 2013, they beat them for the cup. In 2014, they knocked them out of the fourth round. They've got City's number. Yeah. Well, Ooh. at least uh, whoever was the manager. <laughs> Roberto Martinez. Oh, oh, you meant who is coaching City. Sorry, I thought you meant who was coaching Wigan. Yeah. Um, Sheffield beat Preston North End. Uh, West Brom beat Liverpool. Chelsea beat Newcastle. And City beat Cardiff. So your matches in the fifth round are going to be Leicester versus Sheffield United. Chelsea versus Hull. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday will be playing either Notts County or Swansea. West Brom versus Southampton. Brighton and Hove versus Coventry. Uh, Huddersfield or Birmingham will be hosting Man United. Uh, Millwell or Rockdale will be hosting Newport County or Tottenham. It's big, a lot of oars there. And then, uh, as we mentioned, Wes, Wigan will be taking on Manchester City on February 19th in Wigan. Um, any thoughts on the FA Cup? Or do we, do we really have, need to go over it? Uh, I hate to be out of it, but, you know... You gave me the choice of Davis Premier League points. There you go. That's <clears throat> I, know, I know that sounds terrible because, you know, you play for trophies. Hmm. And I believe that, but also right now, Liverpool are in a big spot where they need to consolidate themselves as a top four club. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's a little more important than that uh, in the FA Cup. So. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for our, our game talk. Let's head to the news and notes. Uh, and as the transfer deadline closed earlier today, um, a lot of stuff coming in. Um, let's start, you know, we, we can we can talk a little bit about some of the clubs. Um, I do have some of the signings here. Let's start, though. Wes, I, I want to I take you back to, to little, little babby Wes in, in short pants and a backwards hat. Back all the way back in, like, 2014. When if I had told you, hey, you're going to sell Philip Coutinho and loan out Daniel Sturridge, I think you would have punched me in the face. Sir, I would have punched you directly in the face. Oh. dare you. The, um, no, I would say, though, out of those two, the selling of Coutinho would have been the least surprising of them. That's true. The fact that Daniel Sturridge has ended his Liverpool basically by being lost, that's probably Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, just it's one of those how the mighty have fallen. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those stories where, you know, Sturridge pissed away his talent or did something stupid. I mean, just injuries, man. Every time he turned around, that dude was. And 
you know, 2013 Daniel Sturridge, the year Liverpool finished second, when it was Sturridge and Suarez and the year before, oh, my God, it was devastating. Sturridge, Suarez, and Sterling with Steven Gerrard in the midfield was one of the most devastating attacks. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Sturridge was a huge part of that because you could not, under any circumstances, just focus on Luis Suarez. Mm -hmm. And Sturridge was massive then. And um, I I thought he had a really nice look. Obviously could have been better, the injury. Robbed him of that. Robbed us of the chance of seeing a, you know, flat out one of the great English strikers. And mm-hmm. oh, man, I, I hate, I hate that that's the is. So uh, yeah, I wish him luck. You know, one the good thing about Sturridge is he can't play against us this year. Yeah, but hey, he gets to play against United. He gets to play against Chelsea. He plays against Tottenham. He plays against Arsenal. Go get some points for me, big guy. If he <laughs> go plays. score some goals. If he plays. If he plays. Yeah, well, that, that's what I said. You know, uh, it was it was funny. I was watching the uh, transfer day special uh, after the Tottenham United match on NBC Sports, and Robbie mm-hmm. Earl they they were talking about this transfer. And he's got he's got a lot of goals. You know, you know, I know he's missed a lot of time, but he's got a lot of goals in him. I'm like, but he's got to be on yeah. the field to score those goals, yeah. Robbie. I mean, that's will be that's the whole thing. And you know, it looked like over the last. Um, but then even this year, he's kind of reverted back to, you know, the, the Knicks and the Niggles. Yeah. And now let's see if um, West West Brom are going to be able to help kind of a regime to keep him healthy. Yeah. You know, it's not like every day with everybody else. So, yeah. um and they're going to need him to be because they're they're down there in last place. They they need him to shoot them out of relegation, basically. Yeah. Um, now, one thing they've got, I mean, they've got some nice names at striker. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's just going to be about them, you know, putting goals in there and and getting themselves some points. But you know, Sturge could be a big X factor for them. And all. I think. If if it's a firing Sturridge, I think England could do much worse as their striker, as their key strikers. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, there are some other ones, you know. Uh, Americ Laporte joins Manchester City uh, for what feels redundant to say at this point a club record transfer. Um, he's coming over from Athletic Bilbao. Um, they were also obviously trying to get Riyad Mahrez. That didn't end up happening. Um, so it's, it's, it's an interesting time for city and then Wes and probably the grossest menage a trois to ever exist. Um, Arsenal, Chelsea and Borussia Dortmund, uh, all teamed up to swap strikers. Uh, Dortmund. Definitely, definitely the grossest. Yeah. I mean, that dude bangs models on the, sorry, sorry, Mrs. Giroux, but you know the deal. Um, so Borussia Dortmund is going to send Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang over to Arsenal. Arsenal are sending Olivier Giroud to Chelsea, and Chelsea are loaning, because that's what they do, Mishibachui over to Borussia Dortmund. So I guess, Wes, you know, I, I, I sort of hinted at my feelings first, but I would like to hear your thoughts. Is Do you think somebody actually won this deal, this, this triangle of strikers? 
I mean, the obvious answer to that's got to be. Um, I mean, Aubameyang's definitely the best out of those. Three. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely, I think he definitely has the make the biggest immediate impact. Um, you know, for Dortmund, eh, I mean, we'll see what Batshuayi does. Maybe a maybe a change of scenery is going to help him. Mm-hmm. You know that. And you know the thing is, everybody saw he's or ten goals this year. I think. Yeah. I mean, the guy. It's not like it's not like he's he never scores. Yeah, it's not like he's Balotelli coming into Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the guy scored some goals. Good as not as good as Morata. It wasn't as good as Cost. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I guess let's say I guess it would be, but. You know, this has potential to blow up. And, mm-hmm. um, you're bringing in a bummy hang. Well, that pretty much tells Alexander Lacazette, guess what? You're not playing. Yeah. So, I mean, I've heard some people say, well, you can stick him out on the Come to be a winger. He wants to be the outright striker. Yeah. So, uh, you know, then you – they finally gotten um, – Mezzanoza to put pen to paper today mm-hmm. on on a on an extension. They're paying him an obscene amount of money. <laughs> highest highest paid player on the team. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna say he probably should. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. You know, uh, and then you've got Mkhitaryan, who I'm sorry, I haven't been impressed so far. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I really think Mkhitaryan is turned. He just can't play in the Premier League. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. You know, let's let him settle at Arsenal and see what happens. We talked earlier about Arsenal. It's not so much the attack you got to worry about for them. It's it's everything else. Yeah. Um. I mean, Peter Check is falling apart in front of our eyes. Uh, defensively, they're just God. What has happened? I mean, Arsenal. The Invincibles were built on defense. Mm-hmm. What has happened to Arsenal? They have just. They, it's completely fall apart. I mean, when you're playing Callum Chambers, ugh, ugh. I, I just I'm uh, gonna be very interested to see how a lot of these pieces kind of fit together. You're, I mean, especially when you mentioned Lacazette, the guy who had to take a month to get used to the Premier League, even though he like scored as soon as he was on the pitch to start the season. It was very odd. Um, I just it, it's gonna be very interesting to see because those those two, Aubameyang and Lacazette, do kind of feel like the same player sort of i i do wonder they they did also talk about this on the on the transfer show today you got to wonder how much of this was a move from Arsene Wenger and maybe how much of this was maybe a move from Stan Kroenke and and the rest yeah. of the board you know and and kind of saying well we're just we're just going to go out and buy this guy he's he's one of the biggest best guys available we're just we're just going to go yeah. get him it's like we don't care we really don't care anymore, Arsene. We're, this is what we're going to do. So that's the thing is, I don't think Arsene knows how he's been anymore. <laughs> I mean, you look at who they've sold here in the they've sold, and you know, Coughlin's gone. Oxley Chamberlain. Not a, not a bad thing, of course. Yeah, uh, Chambo. Yep. He's not the Ox anymore. He's Chambo. Chambo. Uh, he's Chambo in Liverpool. We call him Chambo. The Ox is Chambo. Oh my God. 
Um, <laughs> um, but, you, you know, what's... And, of course, they sold Alexis Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Who, for whatever you want to say about... You know what? Alexis Sanchez has dominated the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Bobby Yang hasn't. Mm-hmm. Bobby Yang's had a few good years. In- German strikers have come to the Premier League never to be. It's true. It happens. It happens. Uh, and another thing is, you know, what we saw from Aubameyang, from the way he acted, mm-hmm. I, I really, I truly think himself over the last year mm-hmm. is the reason he ended up at Arsenal. And that's not a knock. That's why he ended up at Arsenal and not a big. Because this guy has Real Madrid talent. And that was a transfer a few years ago that was. And, you know, Chelsea kind of took. Of course, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chelsea was like getting the town bike that everybody takes. That's called called Chelsea. (laughs) Um. But, you know, you heard him link with United a few times. That didn't really go anywhere. He was obviously linked with Liverpool because everybody with a pulse is, and also the Klopp connection. But mm-hmm. Klopp kind of made it pretty clear. You know, I like him. He's a good player. But... And to me, that's that's a little damning when the guy who brought you in and kind of turns you into a super. And I also, so, I also have to kind of wonder a little bit, you know, we, we saw what happened with Alexis. We saw mm-hmm. how bitter and, and, and we had all the, all the hot takes as soon as he was gone about, oh, this is, this is such a burden lifted from Arsenal. They're, they're going to, they're going to be peacocks. You got to let them fly. And it's going to, it's going to be great. Um, and then they lose three, one today. Um, but I, I just kind of feel like if things don't go great, Aubameyang can kind of be that sort of player where he's very mercurial. And that's another reason, you know, I know we just kind of joked about Arsene doesn't even know what kind of team he's building anymore. I don't think he's really an Arsene Wenger kind of guy for for all of his faults. I I don't think, I think that's why Alexis is gone. And he he should have been gone much sooner. And I don't think Aubameyang, if if it goes south, it's going to go south fast and it is going to go south hard. Well, the thing about Aubameyang, from what it looks like, you know, Aubameyang, I think people sitting there and think, I had to say something on Facebook about this. They were like, oh, well, you know, hey, this is a get rid of Alexis. He's almost 30, and we'll bring in a, a younger player. And I'm like, he's six months younger. Yeah. Like- I don't think people realize that Aubameyang's pushing 30 himself because, you know, he didn't show up until he was about 25 or 26. He wasn't one of those 19-year-old prodigies. Yeah. You know, he didn't show he didn't show up. He's not Pulisic. Mm-hmm. But we're sitting there like, Jesus Christ, he's only 20. Oh my God. You know, Bobby Yang is he's he's much closer to 30 than 25 at this point. He is gonna be 29 this summer. He was looking Bobby Yang was looking for a big payday. Because of course the money is much better in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Bayern, and and truth be told, 
the money's better in the Premier League than Bayern. Probably, yeah. It's just guys go to Bayern because it, a it is you win a trophy, and, and b yes, you know it's is prestigious and it's great. And don't get me wrong, they pay you. They pay better than mm -hmm. Arsenal can pay just as well, if not better, than Bayern. I think, mm -hmm. especially with all that uh, Premier League TV money coming in. Um, to me, Aubameyang wanted the big move because he wanted big cash in. Mm -hmm. How many times have we ever seen guys take the big contract and things just hunky dory? Yeah. How many times have we seen that blow up in people? Uh, quite a few. So I think there's potential for that. I think there's potential that he could get there if things don't go the way he wants it. Being a malcontent. Yeah. And that's obviously not a very strong locker room at Arsenal. And, you know, one bad apple can kind of ruin the cart. And that's somewhat what happened with Sanchez. Even though, really, the more you hear about it, I actually take Alexis Sanchez's side a lot more, I think, than I think <laughs> the rest of the Arsenal team. It's like Sanchez is there because Sanchez killed himself trying to win. And everybody else is just like, eh, all right, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I actually kind of respect Sanchez for that. Um, and, obviously, he wanted the Yeah, that's it. But for Arsenal, I think this is a big gamble for Arsenal. A lot of money. And it's a fact, too, that they could be alienating. A mm -hmm. Well, um, I'm kind of hoping it blows up in their face. Just oh, yeah. Be but yeah, this is this is risky. Yeah, this is very risky, I think, for Arsenal. This is uh, this is very Tom Cruise risky business. Very, very crazy. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so our last two stories, uh, oh, actually, do you want to, I mean, we kind of talked about it in the pre-show. Do you want to talk about the Murray story though? I mean, we can touch on it real quick just since yeah. here. Uh, yeah. I so, mean, we don't have a lot of sources. Yeah. It's just as, as it's coming out, uh, just literally as we were about to start this podcast, basically from the mirror, um, according to them, Riyad Mahrez is so distraught. He's heartbroken. He's crestfallen. Denied his dream move, this dream he has had since he was a young kid of how old he was six months ago of moving uh, more, to... More like about two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, of moving to Manchester City. Remember, um, his dream was to move to Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, God. That, that is, I just as a quick tangent and an aside, that is becoming the funniest thing is to hear every person who makes a transfer now saying, it is my dream. It's been my dream forever to come to this club that is now paying me oodles and oodles of money to say Don't forget, like don't forget until about six or seven years. City, because they didn't know anything about Manchester. Yeah. They knew United. They yeah. dreamed of going to United. They didn't dream City. Very weird. Um, anyway, uh, Riyad Mahrez is apparently ready, as of tonight, ready to refuse to ever play for Leicester City again. And this is a guy who, he had the big breakout year when Leicester City won the title. They didn't sell him. He wasn't super happy about that. And we just talked about some malcontents. He was kind of a malcontent the following year after. He's had a bit of a rebound this first couple months, brought his mm -hmm. stock back up. And then mm -hmm. Leicester looked around and said, shit, Virgil van Dyke's getting $100 million. Philip Coutinho's mm -hmm. getting $190 million. Let's Let's go for 95 Why not? Hey, people are paying the money. Come on, City. You've 
You've been spending the big bucks, although as we know, Pep, that's not in his philosophy. That's obviously the board. Um, Saw that tweet. That was a great tweet. Um, But this is... This, this is kind of insane. You have a contract. I'm sorry we're not going to sell you, but you have a contract. You have to play. Like, I, and if you don't, we just won't pay you. There. Well, and I mean, to me, it just shows, shows extremely, it shows poor judgment, and it shows a complete lack of respect. Mm-hmm. Now, that's it. If a player is good enough, you can kind of turn from being the malcontent into getting the big contract. I mean, God, look at Ozil. Mm-hmm. Look at look at Sanchez. You know, those are guys. I mean, they both have had their moments of the malcontentness, but they're really good. Mm-hmm. Mara's had a really good year. Has been solid this year. Has been good. He's a, a good. Yeah, good. He's not near the level of to be a. Um, you know, he's not near the the level of Eric's mm-hmm. the level of a Firmino or a Mane or a Fala. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I can understand frustration. Now, now, too, the other thing is tell him, you know, was there an agreement in place? Mm-hmm. Hey, if, if one of these big clubs comes in for me and offers Yeah. You know that that you won't stand in my way. Right now, that's something we're not taking into account because we haven't heard it. Yet. Well, and I also wonder, just real quick, one, we are in the middle of a season, and in, in which, as you mentioned earlier, Leicester, along with Burnley and Everton, are probably fighting for a European spot next year. Like I can understand if Leicester yep. is hesitant to sell someone who has been crucial to their success this season. In the middle of the season. I understand that. Two, as I'm reading this article, he only handed in his transfer request two days ago. Like he didn't he didn't put in his transfer request at the beginning of January and said, guys, I appreciate all you've done for me, but I'd like to leave now. Can you please try and work out a deal in the next month with Man City? No, it's like two days. Hey, can you guys get me out of here? Yeah, just because suddenly somebody's pop. Yeah. I- um... And I understand where you're coming from with, with, with the, you know, with that, with that deal. But I I have like, like Liverpool would never have sold Suarez in the middle of a season for, for that reason. They would have, they would have had him stay for an entire season and then say, okay, Barcelona wants you at the end of this year. Go ahead. Thank you for, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. And I think, I also think the continuous. Mm -hmm. Um, because basically, I mean, he had not been on yeah. month until suddenly Sanchez fell through. Yeah. And then to top it off, Sané hurt his ankle. Right. Um, but once again, you know, he may have had that hand City or United or Liverpool, Chelsea or Tottenham. You know, Tottenham probably not Tottenham because I don't think Tottenham's going in for a player like that. Yeah. But, you know, one of those other guys... Hey, if they come in and they offer you a really big amount of money, you know, hey, it, it will be good for both of us. You can let me go to a big, big sum of money. Um, from what we understand, you know, City were willing to pay a big amount of money for sixty million. Yep. Okay, so let's say they were agreeing to pay sixty. Million. 
Well, if I'm Ryan Mares, I'm looking. Good God, that's like that's near a Premier League record amount. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go to the Champions waiting. You know, I can play in the Champions League. Hey, this is exactly the kind of move we talked about. Guys, go ahead and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then Lester starts in there like, well, we we have all the power, right? And we're going to play the power. Um, I've got to think that this was in the works for maybe about a week. And then when it looked like it was going to fall apart, transfer requests. Yeah. Because a lot of times those transfer requests will come late to force somebody's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, and once again, I'm not agreeing with not the rest of the season. I think that's horrible. But I want to hear if there was a handshake. Sure. City comes in with a 50 million plus pound offer. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll take it and you'll let me go to City. Right. And then suddenly Lester just been like, Ooh, we've got all the power here. We're going to get 95 million, mm-hmm. which was never going to happen. Now there was also, I mean, it, it was 95 million or they also floated an offer apparently 65 million and right. a player. So. Yeah. Um, and, and now I mean for City, you know, at the end of the day for City, you know, Pep does have a limit of what he's going to go up. Mm-hmm. You know, City's not just going to pull out a blank check and say, all right, we'll give you whatever. Not for Riyad Mahrez, no. Oh, but I mean, if you do that for anybody, anybody, we're not going to give you $100 million. Oh, you got to check, but give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, too, I wonder players, what player are you asking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you asking for a 30 million pound player plus 65 million? I mean, that's a little ridiculous. So I can see where City, I can understand City deciding to say no because that was, that was, mm-hmm. for a guy who, while, yes, you know, he, he should be, Mares isn't really the difference in winning or losing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, two City are going to try players. Yeah, I think I think both sides are in the right. Yeah, and I do think it's going to come out that there wasn't a sell him at a big price to a big club, and they backed out on it. So, um, like I said, still think Mares is horrible for saying he's not going to, but at the same time, I can almost see where he's coming from because I bet I will bet it's going to come out that less lied to him. So, yeah, it's it's as we said, this just came out a few minutes before we started the podcast tonight. So lots to unravel in the coming days. Um, Final two quick stories. Uh, One that was a typical hashtag uh, Thursday story. When last week I was doing the pod by myself, I may have mentioned that in uh, talking about United, Hey, Josie Mourinho, maybe he won't last the rest of the season. (laughs) Thursday, Manchester United gave him a contract extension until 2020. So there, there goes that. Um, I still think it's he's not on the thickest of ice at United. He's never on thick ice anywhere he is, really. Um, but this might kind of, I, I think, solidify it at least a little bit. Like, I obviously don't think he's going anywhere this year. No, 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 no. Maybe not even to, like, deep into next year. So, Well, we'll, we'll have to see what happens because... As we know, a contract's worth the paper that it's written on. That's true. I mean, if if United suddenly go to hell, 
one of his ultimate Josie moves, things can change on a dime. That's true. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, for Mourinho, too, I'm going to say, you know, I Mourinho was trying to play. I'd like to know, the, you know, how much more money he got. Mm-hmm. Because I think Mourinho thought that he was going to start getting more potentially mm-hmm. between PSG and United. Mm-hmm. I don't think that ever really took off the way he hoped it would. Yeah. So, um, I mean, good for him. Hey, you got a little. I'm sure, Josie. He loves it. He loves it. And... Well, he's got. Well, you know, he's got to wash the clothes down. I have quarters for the machine. And uh, finally, this is a story I was going to bring up last week because it came out last week. Um, but but our resident then uh, England national team man wasn't here, so I wanted to wait. And, and and also one of Wes's all-time favorite people in the entire world was involved with this story, so we had to wait until he was back on live in the program with us. Wes. Ed. I want you to tell me. I want you to get me excited. I want you to sell me on new three lionesses coach, Phil Neville. <clears throat> There's not really anything to sell. Uh, <laughs> this is. I, I just. I don't understand why shit happened. This is a guy who's made disparaging comments about women's. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're hiring him to be the manager. Way to, way to oh. do the re- way to do the research, guys. Way to, oh dear! Way to punch his uh, name into Twitter. Yeah, um, I mean, I almost—I I have. It's just one of those that makes me shake my head. Uh, I mean, if anything, okay, you cool. You got Phil Neville. Um, so yeah, I mean, you Strong probably have track you, record of being a manager. Yeah, I mean, you probably have the most. Uh, you probably have the most recognizable managerial name in women's football. But, I mean, it's not exactly a who's who yeah. <laughs> coaching women's national teams. So, you uh, know, England. Uh, I, I like this one. Let's see what happens. I like this paragraph in the article on The Guardian. Uh, Asked the leading goal scorer in the Women's Super League, Neville was stumped. For 20 excruciating seconds, he mused on the question before eventually deciding it could not be Izzy Christensen, an English forward playing for Manchester City. Annoyingly for Neville, it was Christensen. See, I didn't know, he said, but the damage was already done. <sighs> Neville will have to get used to people trying to trip him up because, through no fault of his own, well, a little bit of fault of his own, it is an appointment viewed by many as a botched job by the Football Association, given his lack of experience and knowledge, and his casual sexism on Twitter. So I, I added that last part. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was my little editorial note for The Guardian there. Here you go. Good on I mean, you. it just, I don't know what I mean. This is a guy who's never coached the women's game. Yeah, and he, I don't think he's ever actually been a head coach. He was, he was an assistant in Valencia, correct? Yeah, that worked out really well. But... Oh, fantastic. Um, yes, I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know what the, and this is something I say a lot of times. I'm... It's fine. I know this. They're fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, whatever. I guess we'll we'll see what the England women do. They have that. Yeah. Um. 
So I guess we'll see if uh, Phil never challenging good old US and day. Just straight trash. All right, let's let's we're done with news and notes. Let's go to the watch for. By the way, speaking of the USA, did you know the US played a friendly this week? Yes, I did, Ed, against one of the nations. Oh, man. Bosnia and Herzegovina. Oh, those two and our, teams. Two of our favorite nations, Ed, uh, here for the foreign affairs. Yeah, it's true. We love the We're nation. huge talks. in the Balkans. Yeah. Nil-nil draw. Still no manager. Well, it was a... I mean, it was a... It wasn't exactly... Friendly. Prime time. So... What, what channel was it? I, I didn't even see where it was. I think it was on ESPN. Maybe the ESPN family of networks. Which could mean anything. Well, well the only big news we'll see <laughs> is next month when somebody becomes their new president. No disrespect to you, ma'am, but I hope it's not Hope Solo. Um, so, as we move on to... Martino the 2018. For- Glorious hair, man. Um, Wes... In the watch for what are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Oh man, lots of lots of stuff on the telly, Ed. Mm. Um, stuff I'm excited about. We just had the uh, mid- on NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, coming up is the Winter Olympics. Yes, Rebecca Lua <sighs> will be there, though. Yeah, but that's not enough to make. Um, so we got the Winter Olympics coming up. So the Brave has hit the midseason break. As of right now, there are no more episodes ordered of The Brave. I know you. I've seen you become part of a Twitter campaign uh, for this. Yes, I had to get it on the Twitter. Great. Um, but yeah, you know, I'd love to see The Brave come back. And, oh, it's been a great show. I mean, fourteen episodes. I'm I'm hooked. I wish they'd definitely keep it. Uh, that's one we'll have to see uh, coming back. Um. The Paramount Channel. Ed, do you know about the Paramount I Channel? I don't know about the Paramount Channel. Formerly known as Spike TV. Formerly known as TNN, the Nashville mm-hmm. Network. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back a long way, Ed. Uh, Paramount Channel, obviously owned by Paramount. Mm. Anyway. Um, they have a miniseries. It's somewhat of a miniseries. I believe it's... I don't know exactly how many episodes it's going to be, but uh, they're doing an hour a week on, called Waco. Oh. Taylor Kitsch from uh, Friday Night Lights fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, also played Lieutenant Michael Murphy, Murphy in, uh, um, oh, God, I forgot, like, one of my favorite friends, Lone Survivor. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah, he was a Lone Survivor. Um, he is playing Dash. Hmm. Um, and it's supposed to be really good. I've, I've TVR the first one. This is my long. I'm in the two long ass work weeks, so about to get some time off. So I'm definitely catchable. Uh, but I'm I'm interested in. It. I will remember Waco. I was I believe I was 11 when it happened. Mm. Um, I was paying attention to it. Uh, man, it was. But you, you want to talk a want to talk a, a miss? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you want to talk a miss? That miss. So um, I'm interested to see that because I specials on it, watch documentaries. So I'm interested to see how they play this. Um, but the little bit I've seen in previous, he's channeling David Koresh very well. So mm-hmm. uh, 
You can say that's a good thing or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and also in uh, in my, one of my one of my absolute favorite uh, guilty pleasure shows is back. Another period. Oh boy. Oh boy, is right in that that show. Has no no limit, no filter. Never. Uh, but it certainly makes the 1920s look a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if you, if you just want to burn 22 minutes, check it out, man. It's great. That's my watch for this week. Um, my watch for this week uh, is, is going back to my faves. Uh, great news just ended their second season. Hopefully there's a, there's a third. Although I will say, the way season two ended, if that was the end of the show, not a bad place to end it. Everybody's in a decently good spot. It's It's not bad. Not bad. I hope they come back. But but I got closure. I have enough closure to where that could be the end if it is. Um, good place finale tomorrow. Oh boy, who knew a burrito could be so much fun? That's oh, good stuff. Good. I have one myself tomorrow. Mm. And remember, it should never take you an hour and twenty-two minutes to decide between what one of two hats to wear. Just never, ever let that happen. And just remember, folks, fedora is never the answer. No, that was the only answer. It was just oh what, god! It was what color fedora did you want? Did you want? Did you want oh, gray god. or did you want cream? Sir, you want to you want to pull out your third and just put it on top of your head. Just just <laughs> pick one. Just pick one. As we're talking about as we're talking about fedoras and. And round things. I want to. I want to talk about the the rings and the the squared circle that is used in wrestling. West, let's rumble. It's rumble time, baby. Like a lot of that may be your worst segue. <laughs> what is this episode one hundred ninety? What the absolute one hundred ninety five? And I I yeah. think I've gotten worse every time. Wes, let's get yeah, so wrong. Man, we're talking about one thing this. Rumble. Um, man, I've got to give it to WWE. That was a hell of a pay-per-view on Sunday night. Heard it was good. Um, I didn't agree with the placement of some of the matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of understand why they did it, but, you know, I'm a little more of a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. It, it, it wasn't a deal breaker for me by any Um we had uh, we had four matches and two Royal Rumble matches. Uh, the tag team title matches, just real quick, the Usos retained. Um, they beat uh, Gable and Benjamin. Uh, on the Raw side, the uh, Bar won the titles back from Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. Not a lot for me to go into on that. Uh, they were... Both good matches, don't get me wrong. I wasn't totally invested in either of them. Mm-hmm. I was invested in the title matches, though, in a handicap match, a two-on-one handicap match with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles, where if Owens and Zayn won, oh, champion. Never seen anybody split the title before. That would have been interesting. I say would have been because AJ Styles overcame the odds, rolled up Kevin Owens after Owens... Um, Styles came down, rolled him up, got the three count, retained the WWE Championship. 
uh, Owens and Zayn screaming. They were uh, running theme of them in title matches over the last four or five months. Uh, that's obviously going to build after the Rumble match. Um, but real quick, the other title match was the triple threat between Kane, Braun Strowman, and Brock Lesnar. Carnage ensued, as we knew it. Um, but kind of as as a lot of us guessed would happen, not so much hoped would happen, but um, Brock Lesnar did retain his title. He pinned Kane for the win after incapacitating Braun Strowman. Tables were destroyed. Uh, chairs were used. People just got the living shit beat out of them. Still the most entertaining thing pretty much in, in all of wrestling to me. So big, so strong, so athletic. Such a great, great character promo. <laughs> um, Braun will definitely be back. I'm going to go to WrestleMania and face Lesnar. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that in just a minute before we finish up. Um, so Brock retains, AJ retains, the titles don't change. <clears throat> and then Ed, we go to the match as well. Kind of threw me for a loop. In the middle of the show, at 8.15, here comes the Men's Royal Rumble. Oh, the men's Surprise. Royal Rumble has that has been the uh, that ender for the last decade has been the men. Hmm. So never had a women's Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. but apparently that's going to go on last. So uh, the men come out; they have the rumble. Um, it wasn't the greatest rumble of all, but I was really, really interested in the ending of it because of the the guys that we. Now, WWE, don't get me wrong, they've been no. So when the last four people in the Rumble were Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura, two absolute people love, want to see, get their opportunities and things, the two men against them were Roman Reigns and John. Mm. And WWE teased the hell <laughs> That either Reigns or Cena were going to win. And Ed, if they had, I swear to God, I. <laughs> so, because Philadelphia would have burned down the Spectrum or wherever the hell they played. Oh, man. They would have burned it down. Um, when, I believe it was John Cena, when John. I thought people were about to start lighting the matches. Um. <laughs> And then Roman Reigns kind of turns on Cena. It doesn't really turn on his uh, But he throws John Cena out. Um, I believe he threw Cena out. Maybe it was Nakamura. I can't but last two were Nakamura and, <clears throat> and Roman Reigns. Of course, Philadelphia is where Reigns won the Rumble, I believe, three years ago and was lustily booed out of the building. Mm-hmm. I think people actually despise him more now. <laughs> So Philadelphia, Philadelphia also, as we know, kind of a tough town when it comes to sports. A little hey, bit. A little remember, bit. these are people that booed Santa Claus and pelted him with uh, snowballs with mm. batteries in the middle of it. <laughs> Great people. And cheered Michael Irvin uh, nearly becoming. So, 
they're they're great folks. Um, but at the end, Nakamura is able to knock Rumble. Shinsuke Nakamura wins the Rumble, mm-hmm. and that was that was massive. That was the official podcast. If you folks caught it last week on my uh, so wrong, uh, that was my pick. Got it in, got the win, and then after the match, they interviewed Nakamura. He said in his broken English, AJ Styles at WrestleMania, and I popped because mm. that is the match that us smarts have been waiting for. Mm. They've been there. Styles and Nakamura is an amazing match. You have to go no back, which was AJ Styles and pretty much Nakamura's last matches in New Japan where they were just fantastic. A five-star that night in the Tokyo Dome. They can absolutely put on a phenomenal show. WWE has three months to get the build on this right and to give us the match that we want and to let, the, let those two competitors. It can happen. It can be amazing. You know, I don't fully trust WWE at this point. That's true. <laughs> but, but, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because. All right, and now the main event of the night. Women's. Uh, I was skeptical. Um, it wasn't the cleanest role. Um, the, one of the problems was, you know, most of the men, your your average height for the men wrestlers are, say, 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, the ladies are not that tall. Mm-hmm. Well, for the men, going over the top rope is, you know, pretty easy. They can get that leverage. For the women, it kind of looked like at times to get, quote, eliminated from the match. Um, Now, that didn't take away a lot, but it was just, that was kind of a little nip. Um, Best part of the night, they did a really few surprises thrown in there along the way, which is how the Rumble usually works. With the women, considering the more limited number of women that you have on the roster. They had 18 current women in the match. So you had 12 more spots to, which was cool because that brought up some NXT people, um, including Ember Moon. I know you're, a, you're in, you're, you have an appreciation for it. Um, so she was brought in and then there was a very nice, call them the legends. Uh, you know, the former ladies in the WWE, uh, the Bella Twins made their return. Um, the highlights of the night for me were Kelly Kelly. Just for, just to look at her and what she was wearing. It's just <sighs> magnificent. Um, Vicky Guerrero had a really funny part. And then, of course, the return of Trish Stratus. Dude. Sir, as a, as a 17, 18, Trish Stratus was God to me. That was the be-all, end-all of womanhood, 1999. And, sir, she ain't bad now either. She is, I believe, 42 years old, and she is spectacular. So, um, Trish was actually in the final final. Um, the MVP of the night was Sasha Banks. She 
and she went down to she was in the final five maybe she was in the final five, or final six something in there but she went long she was your longest survivor uh before getting thrown out um at the end you had uh you had oscar in the match <clears throat> uh the bella twins were doing a good job of t- NXT and WWE still undefeated. Uh, when Nikki Bella decided she needed to turn on her three out of the match. So um, it looked like, you know, Nikki Bella and Asuka, um, they had some good moments and eventually Asuka. So here's Asuka now. She's the Empress of Tomorrow, whatever the hell they want. Um, but she's really good. She's really good. She's really fun to watch. So at that point, the two champions came into the Alexa Bliss. Good. Didn't, didn't go off tonight. No. Uh, they <laughs> came into the ring, and it was kind of left up to And before she could do that, Ed, some new music hit. Bob. And oh, my God, the internet melted down as Ronda Rousey made her debut on WWE television. She comes down to the ring, somewhat awkwardly points at the WrestleMania. The universal sign of, hey, I'm here. I'm WrestleMania. Who am I going to fight? <clears throat> um, they popped the crowd a few times. First, she got in Charlotte Flair's face. Then she got in Asuka's face. Um, still, still not a solid idea of what she's going to do yet. But for WWE, I mean, it's a... Yeah, I mean, Ronda Rousey's a huge name mm-hmm. in the world of uh, sports and entertainment right now. She's crossed over from MMA uh, into Hollywood. She's a name that everybody knows. Now, that's it. She has said that she is 100% committed. Mm-hmm. Everything I've read you, says that, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I guess we're going to start... Uh, I kind of hope early on they don't... Over- mm-hmm. um, you know, make her a special attraction for a while week, but kind of hold her, make her a special attraction. <clears throat> what I think is interesting is that she's not assigned to a show. She can bounce back and forth shows mm-hmm. to start with. So now the one rumor I have heard is that it's actually a mixed gender tag match at, uh, at WrestleMania. And it's going to be, um, it's going to be Rhonda and Kurt Angle versus Stephanie and Triple H. Ooh. So she did have a little moment with Stephanie McMahon at the um, but I mean, a lot of excitement coming out of it. Um, potential for Lesnar and, um, and Braun down the line. <clears throat> a lot of cool things going on. Finn Balor had an awesome showing. He was, like I say, he was in the final four. He was, he was the number two guy into the rumble. Mm-hmm. So he started it. He went all the way to the final. Um, I'm really enjoying his character development. I think he's moving more toward heel. Which I've been saying for a long time, put him with, uh, you know, put him with Gallows and Anderson, reform the Bullet Club, make him a heel. That's what they've done. He's subtly turning heel. So, and that's the best way, you know. Don't don't install our team mm-hmm. so much, but you know, let that let that turn happen subtly. So I'm I'm kind of excited. Right now. Um, real quick, what we learned on Raw is to determine the challenger for Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. 
Uh, we're going to be having the Elimination Chamber coming up at the end of February. Uh, it'll be six six people in the Elimination Chamber, and they are doing um, qualifying matches to get in. After Monday night, we have Elias, Braun Strowman, for some unknown to God reason, which means they better do something. They had John Cena go over on Fifth. Oh, yay, John Cena's in the elimination chamber. That does just give the chance for Braun Strowman literally breaking the net. Yeah. I'll look forward to that. Um, but, man, that's it. I know it was. That is this week's so Raw Royal Rumble edition. It was really good, though. Jam-packed with jam. Oh, so much nicety. You just got jammed. <clears throat> Where are you in Parks and Rec, by the way? Um, midway through season six. Through season six? Yeah, like I said, I had to work a lot over the last oh. two weeks, so uh, I, I plan on being done. I'm, I'm so excited for you to get to the end of season six. Oh. Oh. Um, let's put it this way. Um, and, uh, um, shit. Shit. What? Shit. What? Leslie knows best friend. Uh, and Perkins. Ann Perkins, God, yeah. of course Ann Perkins. They have moved to Michigan. Oh. I'm horribly disappointed mm. because Chris is literally the most uplifting character I've ever known. I, I've noticed how many times you've thrown literally into this podcast. I've literally put that into my... Uh, <laughs> vocabulary? Vocabulary vernacular, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Use my damn words, damn it. Yeah, they're great words. And we had a lot of great words here on the Up Foreign Affair podcast. Some would say maybe we have the best words. Maybe. Who knows? This podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop, as well as our sports baseball. You can find them on the Twitterverse. You can also find us there. At AFA Pod is our collective. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. As I said at the beginning of this program, accidentally, I am at Edward Green. You can also find us Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, the All New Sports Show. You can also email us at that address, allnewsportsshow at gmail.com. Also, thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Thank you so much for joining us here for episode 195. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking, of course, the AFA podcast Derby that happens this Sunday. We'll be talking the rest of the Premier League. Uh, if we have an update on the Riyad Mahrez situation, We'll talk that. Um, I don't know. Is there anything midweek? Uh, midweek will be re- FA Cup replays. Yeah. So we'll finish that up, and that'll be Gucci. So before we get out of here tonight, Wes, anything else you'd like to add? Sir, a big, huge congratulations. Best friends of the pod, baseball Britt Johnson. And he is now the proud father of twin boys. <laughs> Young Kane. I was about to say proud owner, but I got five. Uh, young Kane and Young Johnson, uh, the future uh, hot corner combo for these Carolina Pirates. Demon Kane. Oh, either that or they're going to be the starting left and right guard for East Carolina one day. True. Can't really totally figure them out yet. But uh, big congratulations to Sam. Um, everything went good. The boys are home. And um, obviously, I'm sure Brent's got them up at Side squeezes and situational awareness. Hey, pitchers and catchers report in like three weeks. 
Two weeks. Two weeks. Hey, Holy college shit. baseball kicks off, I believe. Yeah. Pink is there, is uh, mm-hmm. state's opener. Um, so uh, D2 is going to kick off in a week or two. Maybe, that, maybe this weekend, D2 kicks off. Um, and uh, D1 will be kicking off, like we said, February 16th. Baller shot. So I, be- I believe app starts off in, uh, I believe you wouldn't see Charlotte. Hmm. Or maybe it's you see Greensboro. I can't remember. It's one or the other. But, um, yeah. So, go Mountaineers. There you go. Go Mountaineers. Go all of our friends of the podcast. And to all of our friends on the Foreign Affair podcast who are listening in week to week, as always, we leave you with stay safe and enjoy the football. Good night, Boo, North Carolina. Mm. Take care of those two good boys. Mm-hmm. They're very good boys. I'm my boys. Boys. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSE Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSE Sports. We never stop. Attention, fantasy baseball fans. Come to the next level and experience virtual Major League Baseball ownership. Our sports provides an advanced and authentic experience combining fantasy and virtual sport. By owning and operating an our sports franchise, you compete for championships in cash and leagues that mirror the MLB in every way. For sports fans who have dreamed of owning a sports franchise, log on to OurSportsBaseball.com or find them on Facebook as OurSportsBaseball or on Twitter at OurSportsBaseball and make that dream a reality reality.